The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. So once a year, the Jewish people would gather together to celebrate a feast called Passover. Passover was a celebration of remembrance. It was a celebration that God has delivered and saved his people out of Egypt and out of slavery. And during the feast of the Passover, there would be four cups. They would fill four cups in remembrance of the four promises that God made to his people. The first cup that was poured was the cup of sanctification. The next cup was the cup of deliverance. The third cup would be the cup of redemption. And the fourth cup was the cup of protection. But this night, Jesus gathers with his disciples and he pours a fifth cup and he makes a fifth promise. Matthew 26, we get to see it. Verse 26, now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this cup is my blood of the new covenant. This cup is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. The new cup that Jesus offers his disciples is the cup of forgiveness. And so the question, that if we understand what forgiveness is, the question we have to ask is, how is it that Jesus himself can offer this new cup? How can Jesus rightly give this cup of forgiveness? It is because Jesus will drink of another cup. And this cup was prepared only for Christ. This cup was prepared by God the Father.
Look in verse 36. When Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. But remain here with me. Watch and pray. And going a little further, he fell to his face and he prayed saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me for even one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for a second time, he went away and he prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. In Luke chapter 22, it records that Jesus was so burdened with agony in this moment that literally his, his sweat became like blood. He was, it was so tormenting for him, so agonizing to him that, that, that the Bible says that, that God sent angels to minister to him because he was so overwhelmed. Scripture tells us that later that night, the disciple Judas showed up with a great crowd and this crowd was armed with swords and clubs. And Peter, who was just asleep a moment ago, rises to his feet, and now he's ready to fight. It says that Peter pulls out a sword, and in John 18, 11, Jesus says to Peter, put away your sword. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given to me? So here's the question. What is this cup? What is in this cup? And why is drinking from this cup cause Jesus so much pain? How is it that drinking from this cup would require angels to come and strengthen Jesus? Well, you might say, well, it's because Jesus knows what's about to happen to him. Jesus knows what he's about to go through. Jesus knows how he's going to die. And Jesus doesn't want to bear the shame. Jesus doesn't want to bear the guilt. Or, or maybe, maybe just simply Jesus has these thoughts about the beating that's coming that he's afraid. Maybe the crown of thorns to him was too great. Or maybe the thought of nails or the cross 
is just too much for him to face. Is that what Jesus is going through? Is he afraid of Roman soldiers? Is he afraid of Pilate? I want you to keep in mind something. All the disciples were killed brutally for their faith. Some were burned alive. Some were beheaded. Some were crucified upside down. Stephen was stoned and pelted to death by rocks. Do you realize that even to this day, Christians are gruesomely executed for their faith? Many of them are marred and, and scarred, and, 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 and don't, don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying that they weren't scared. I'm sure they were scared. But in this moment, in this garden, Jesus is weeping with agony. He's sweating blood, and he's crying out, what is this cup? Is Jesus just not as courageous as the others were? Why is this cup so special? Let me tell you, it's not because Jesus is a coward. And it's not because Jesus is afraid of Roman soldiers. And it's not because Jesus is afraid of the mob or, or humiliation. It's not that Jesus is afraid of religious leaders or what man might do to him. He fears no man. And so what is in this cup that brought so much weight? Psalm 75, verse 8. It says, for in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup. And it is foaming wine. It is well mixed. And the hand of the Lord pours out from it and all the wicked of the earth. Jeremiah 25, 15, it speaks of a cup of God's wrath that is being poured out. Isaiah 51, 17, it says, a drink from the hand of the Lord's cup of his wrath. Even Revelation 14, it speaks of a wine that is pressed of God's wrath and his fury and a cup that is full of his anger. The cup that Jesus is given to drink is not a reference to a wooden cross. And it's not false accusations. The cup that Jesus was about to drink, the cup that brings Jesus a level of sorrow in this garden, the cup that brings so much agony than just simply physical pain, it is the cup of judgment. It is the cup of God's judgment. And this cup, this cup is full of the holy wrath of God towards sin and sinners. The wine of wrath toward all unrighteousness. Every sin of every man that's been stored up ever since the fall in the first garden is now being placed upon Jesus in this second garden. It's about being poured out 
on Jesus Christ, the wrath of God. And, he, and he's sweating blood just thinking about it. So what is the cup that Jesus is about to drink? It is the wrath of God towards sin and sinners. It is the cup that every man and woman deserves to drink. Jesus, he drank this cup of wrath towards you. Jesus was betrayed and he was accused and he tasted the wine of God's wrath on his lips the moment that he was scourged and that he was beaten when he was mocked and the beard was pulled from his chin and the crown of thorns were placed upon his brow. Jesus drank from this cup. When it says that he was pierced for our transgressions and that he was crushed for our iniquities, Jesus swallowed the fury of the, fa of the Father while he hung on that cross absorbing my punishment. In Scripture, it tells us that darkness fell over the land for three hours as the wrath of God was being poured out upon the Son. And Jesus cries out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says it not because he doesn't know why, but he's quoting Psalm 22 to let everyone know exactly what is happening in this moment. The night before he was comforted by angels, but now Jesus is all alone as he hangs there. 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Let me tell you what that means, friends. That means that Jesus didn't just soothe God's wrath like putting ointment on a cut. It means that Jesus didn't just Soften the blow of God's wrath. It, it means that Jesus didn't just turn aside God's wrath or Jesus didn't deflect God's wrath. It's not like Jesus was like a boxer in the ring with God's wrath and Jesus was putting up his gloves to deflect the blows that come from the Father. Because the fighter would still be angry and he would keep coming and he would keep fighting and he would keep punching because he didn't hit his target. It's not like an umbrella that you put up when it starts to rain that deflects the raindrops from hitting your head. Jesus doesn't deflect God's wrath towards you. He doesn't shield God's wrath for you, but rather, he drinks the cup in your place. God the Father pours out his right and just judgment into this cup. And it's given to his only begotten son to drink. The cross was not just about nails in the hands of feet of Jesus, but rather it was the wrath of God towards sin.
And at the cross, Jesus drank every drop. And then he turns the cup over and he says, it is finished. Every drop was poured out upon Jesus Christ. If we are going to understand the work of Jesus and the good news of the gospel, we cannot avoid the righteous judgment of God towards sin. We cannot avoid the holy wrath toward unrighteousness. Romans 1.18, it says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. We cannot suppress this truth. Romans 2.5, it says, but because of your hard and impotent hearts, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. We see that the wrath of God towards sin is a real issue. And it is a topic that cannot be avoided. You cannot bury your head in the sand hoping that maybe it would go away. All of mankind must respond to the holiness of God. But not by hardening our hearts. But rather asking God to soften them. Not by suppressing the truth, but rather receiving the truth. And so what is our response toward God's wrath, towards sin? John 3, 36, whoever believes in the Son, Jesus Christ, has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Will you receive Jesus as your wrath absorber? That's what it means to receive Jesus as your Savior. To understand that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Acts 16, 31, it says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Saved from what? Judgment. Hear me. This is why we call it Good Friday. But it is only good for those who believe in Jesus. Because only through faith in Jesus is the cup of God's wrath towards you absolutely dry. Now let me tell you what that means. Because if Jesus drank the cup completely and totally 
And absolutely, that means that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you are a child of God, listen to me, friends, that whatever befalls your life, whatever comes into your life, whatever heartache, whatever tragedy, whatever comes to you as a believer in Jesus, it is not the wrath of God. It means that whatever your struggle or whatever your pain or whatever your hardship or whatever difficulties you face, you can be assured that as a child of God, as a believer in Jesus Christ, that justice towards you has been paid in full by Christ your Savior. Because on that cross, Jesus drank the cup dry. In Romans 5, 9, it says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more by his blood shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? My encouragement for you today, friend, is have you received Jesus as your Savior? Is this Truly a good Friday for you. If you've not trusted in Jesus, then this can be the greatest Friday of your life. If you are in Jesus Christ, you are no longer under God's punishment and you are not under condemnation. But rather as a believer in Jesus, you become under grace and under mercy. And so even when you find yourself in a place like Jesus was in the garden, overwhelmed, grace and mercy surround you because the wrath of God was poured out upon Jesus Christ. This Good Friday gospel can only bring eternal hope to believers in Jesus because we know Sunday is coming, but tonight, tonight we remember, tonight we reflect that the wages of sin is death and the price was paid through Jesus Christ. Tonight, let us remember That because Jesus drank the cup of wrath for us, we're invited now to come and drink from the cup of forgiveness, which he gives us freely by his grace. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Tonight, we do not take lightly the price that you paid. The cost, the cost of saving me, the price you paid to redeem us was not a light price. It is a price that none of us could have paid. But 
you paid it. Jesus, you tell us that it was the joy that was set before us, before you, that you endured the cross. That you despised the shame. And you gave yourself freely so that we could be forgiven. It's the only way you can offer forgiveness is if you would pay the price. So tonight, Lord Jesus, as we break this bread and as we drink of this cup, the cup that you've given, the cup of forgiveness, let us remember that in you we are set free. By your blood, you absolutely paid it all. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray.